my intention for this was a reclamation of my power, my ability to say what I wanted and have that. I really wanted the experience to be one that was so loving and conscious and kind and show people that you can have these fantasies fulfilled in a way that's how you want. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Chick, a Soulfire production. Okay. Okay. Big deep breath. (sighs) All right. So before I start talking to you, Hannah, Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk to the people. People. That sex chick listeners. I want to preface the conversation that you are about to hear with this may be the most taboo episode that I have ever recorded. And I haven't even like we haven't even started talking yet. (laughs) So I want to preface by saying that the conversation that my dear friend Hannah and I are about to have is going to be filled with things that could possibly challenge you, could possibly bring stuff up, could possibly activate your nervous system, could possibly have you, let's just say in your feels in some really exciting, hot, juicy ways, and could also possibly have you in your feels in some, I can't believe that I'm listening to this. (laughs) Or it could be a combination of both. You could listen to the conversation that is about to be had and feel simultaneous disgust, um, avoidance, turn on, excitement. It could be a mix of a lot of things. Or it could be none of those things. You could listen and go, huh, I've never thought about that. I'd love to try that. Or you can listen and think, good for her. (laughs) (laughs) Good for that person. So really what I I want to invite you to do before buckling in and listening to, listening to today's episode is to maybe put a hand on your heart, maybe take a few deep breaths, get present with yourself and tell yourself tell yourself that you're going to honor whatever comes up for you. And maybe by the end of the episode you sit with curiosity that whatever happens inside of your nervous system whether it's excitement or it's holy shit, no, or OMG, yes, or whatever it is. Be curious about that because there's something there for you to learn, whether it's something that you might classify as on the more negative or something that you classify on the more positive ends of the spectrum. So here's my disclaimer and also my invitation. Y'all know that this podcast is broad spectrum sexual exploration And I've spoken about DS, I've spoken about BDSM, I've spoken with a lot of people who are professionals in this space and also friends of mine. And I do my very, very, very best to explain fringe fantasies, fetishes, um, or aspects of sexuality in ways that everyday people can go, oh, I could see that. Maybe that's for me, maybe not. And for sure, maybe it's not my kink or not my thing, but good for them. So let's, without further ado, context laid, disclaimers (laughs) spoken, Hannah, (laughs) 
that was such a huge disclaimer. <laughs> Just in case. Oh, you had me nervous about Did that. I? I was like, wow, I didn't know this was such a huge thing, but well, maybe... It is. You know, it's just something that we haven't spoken about on the show yet. Mm-hmm. And so we've spoken about play parties and Jordan and I have spoken about the time, you know, when we had our first group sex experience, um, experience which was at Burning Man. And that was something that was, you know, Jordan and I having a, a sexual experience in a room with other people or in a tent because it was at Burning Man mm-hmm. in a tent with other people. And that was very edgy for us, but it was just us and our little bubble mm-hmm. in a room of people and a sea of people mm-hmm. getting very intimate. Everyone was very close to each other. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like by the time everybody laid down in this tent or like some people were laying and kneeling or standing mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, so we were, we were close, but we've described that in, you know, but We're like 80 something episodes in, maybe 90 episodes in by the time that this one launches. Uh And so if somebody didn't hear that way back when, or Mm -hmm. maybe they didn't listen to one of the play party episodes, then this could possibly be the first time that they are going to experience that what we're going to talk about isn't just something that is um, like a faraway fantasy, either a faraway fantasy or just something that they only know of as an option in porn. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So before. And then I'm like alluding to it. I know we're going to get there. (laughs) We're edging them. (laughs) I like it. I like it a lot. So before we get into like the main topic, which is Mm -hmm. having one of your fantasies brought from your imagination and your turn on and your mind into actuality, Mm -hmm. I would love. um, And by the way, for those of you listening, maybe you've heard the, the first episode Hannah was on with me. And so go back into the archives of sorts and listen to that. We spoke about your entrance into DS and BDSM, and we spoke about red flags, and we spoke about relationships and all of that. So stuff's happened in your life since Mm -hmm. then. A lot of stuff Mm -hmm. has happened. So I would love a quick update. Oh my gosh. So much has happened since then in such a positive way. Um, When we first talked, I was still pretty early in my exploration or like early for most people. and. I was also in a stage where I was launching my first sex program too. And so I was like starting my exploration as a sex coach, as a relationship coach. And now I'm like fully in that. I'm like, okay, this is my purpose. This is something that has given me so much fulfillment. And I want to devote my life to allowing other people to feel the freedom and the expression and the self-discovery that's available inside of that. So that's a huge change for me. And the reason why I feel so comfortable doing that is because of all the amazing sexual experiences and exploration that I've had in my personal life and feeling even more grounded in my knowledge and in my experiences of my sex. Mm. And since then, I mean, so for those who haven't listened, who are not going to stop after I give all that disclaimer, people are like, (laughs) the fuck are they about to talk about? Um, You, when I first met you, you were in basically business and life coaching for online fitness coaches. Was Mm -hmm. that it? Yeah. Okay. And so that just continued, you know, in your own personal development journey, Mm -hmm. eventually you had something similar to what happened for me. Mm -hmm. I was on my own personal development journey and I realized, holy shit, there's so much about myself that I had no idea. It was even a part of me until aspects of my sexuality were explored or things were showed to me. Mm-hmm. And then it was, I can't turn back. And yeah. it was in like the best of ways. Cause I have people that, you know, come to work for, come to work with sex and love co, whether they're working with me or they're working with one of the other coaches that 
they're kind of afraid that once they know certain things about themselves sexually, that they're, they're afraid that they're not going to recognize themselves. Yeah. They're afraid that who they, who they are, isn't who they will be. And mm-hmm. then how will they reconcile that? Like their mm-hmm. life is their whole life's going to change. And for some people that happens like for yes. you in a big way that happened. Definitely. And for me, it, mm-hmm. it happened, but I, of course it's one of those, I don't know, or maybe a person won't know until they arrive until mm-hmm. they get there. And I really think you know, for me, and maybe it's happened for you in some ways, my pendulum swung kind of hard. Yeah. And then I just dove in. Mm -hmm. And then I had, I had my moment where I was like, really, really like, I can't get enough. I can't get enough. And then eventually I started tugging the pendulum more towards the middle, integrated my normal life with my normal things, but with these now elements of, of what I've discovered weaved in, Mm -hmm. you know, it didn't, it wasn't all consuming for me yes. to that, that degree as when I first got introduced to it, it wasn't mm-hmm. as all consuming as time went by. And then I, I feel now with regards to like my developing journey and all that, I feel confident and like mm-hmm. I can handle it. <laughs> yeah. The way you're describing that is almost an exact mirror for what happened for me. Um, the last, in the last conversation that we were in, I was so deep in that, like, oh my God, this is a whole new world. And I just, I was single and I had just gotten out of that DS setup. And I was like, I'm just going to dive in headfirst and explore everything that there is to see for me here in this moment. And um, it was incredible. And I do now feel like, okay, I feel a lot more grounded in my sexuality because I've went to the buffet and tasted a bunch of things and figured out a lot more of like what I like and what I don't like and what I want consistently and what I want every once in a while. And having just that exploration phase and the head first dive in phase was really important for me because it allowed me to sift through all of those things and have some experiences that were amazing and have some that were not so amazing and just have that knowledge of myself through those experiences that I can feel more me now in my sex. And I'm like, okay, now I know, like, I feel more like I know. And there's, there's always so much more. more. Yeah. 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 I think with that exploration, I, I mean, for me at least, and I imagine for you too, and others, you learn to trust yourself Mm -hmm. in these different situations and experiences and that um, infallible trust that starts developing within self that confidence is so true. And, and it's like the world could be falling apart and I've got me. Mm -hmm. I know how to seek pleasure even when I'm grieving and I'm in pain. And I know how to allow myself to experience and to surrender and Mm -hmm. all of those things. And it's sure it's about sex because it's in a, in a sense, it's about sex because you're learning it through your sexuality, but it translates to so much more outside Mm -hmm. of that. The biggest aspect of it for me that translated outside was really being so certain in what I want and what I don't want and being able to ask for it and being able to be very clear about like, I can make this thing happen. If I want something, I can choose that. I can go seek it and have that. And nothing is unavailable to me in the world. Mm -hmm. Like it opened up this world of possibility of my ability to attract experiences that I wanted to have, fulfill things that I wanted to have, and then know what my boundaries and limits are and say what those are too. Mm. Just like the exploration into consent and speaking boundaries and yes, no's and knowing what that feels like for me made my life so much better. Mm. For sure. If you can ask for, insert 
really edgy, kinky thing. If you can ask for someone to insert gangbang. <laughs> You're so silly. If you can ask for that, then what can you ask your boss for? What can you ask you know, a, a family member for? If you can get that kind of courage mm. and give yourself that permission, then where else in your life are you going to be able to exercise and flex that? Mm-hmm. So um, I would love you just said it, but we're going to look back <laughs> around to it. So some of the things that you, that, well, I want to circle back to, you said you had a bunch of experiences. Mm-hmm. So I would love to hear just quick, like a couple of experiences, things that you gave yourself permission to do and explore. Mm-hmm. And then some of the things that you've leaned into learning mm-hmm. um, professionally to help support you in actually stepping into doing this work with others who want to explore their sexuality. Mm-hmm. So the first question was, what were the experiences that I had that were really profound for me that uh, allowed me to have this integration of what I like and what I don't like? And one of them was my first play party. That for me was very transformational. It allowed me to be in a space where there were all these different bodies and all these different types of people asking for what they wanted and being so respectful of everyone's boundaries and desires, like that really opened my eyes to what was possible. It was first like, oh, this world actually exists in a really healthy, loving way. And then um, my first um, male, female, male threesome was something also that really sparked and excited me and lit me up and also triggered me and like made me realize that I was for a long time, very uncomfortable with being the center of attention. And in any other threesome experience I'd had, it was like, oh, it's very equal. Or it was very like, um, like two girls and a guy. And so there would be this, I want to make sure she's good. And in that situation, it was like, oh, all of this is here for me. Like these men are here because of me. And being able to receive that attention was amazing. And I realized in that I was like, oh, I've not allowed myself to receive attention that way before. So that was incredibly insightful for me. And then um, the first time I ever domed a woman, I topped a woman. And that experience was so beautiful because it was also a reclamation of my ability to be uh, in my power and in control and give someone else an experience of BDSM for their first time that was so loving and safe. And that was also one of my favorite experiences. Mm, I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. And so then some of the things that you have leaned into Mm -hmm. as far as setting yourself up to really care for people at the start of their journey Mm -hmm. or towards the beginning of their journey, really. Um, The thing, the program And learning that has been the most impactful for me in supporting people in their sex actually hasn't been a sex program. It's been learning about the body and trauma and how the nervous system works and how people tense up and close in certain situations and what makes them open and what makes them feel safe. And it's so good to have that understanding for beginners. And I often tend to work with people that have some background of abuse or sexual trauma. And so being able to meet those people where they're at with just such safe, loving presence and understanding where triggers might be or where I could be more gentle or slow with a person and really inviting them into sex in a really safe way and into their body in a safe way. That has been 
probably the most beneficial learning for me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it's it's certainly upped my game uh, in major ways. And we've even done an episode, a couple, we've touched on trauma, sexual trauma a handful of times as the show's been developing. And we've had um, Ariana come onto the show. And um, so she has a, an interview that she did with Bryn. And everybody on our team outside of Jordan has gotten some sort of trauma or somatics training, mm-hmm. um, you know, in order to be effective leaders and healers in this space, mm-hmm. I think. It's so important. And, and it's just, I mean... I think, I think of all the options for schooling mm-hmm. and this shit's just not available if I want to go, you know, to the local university. Mm-hmm. It is really, it really isn't. And yeah. so I'm, I'm so in support of how you've decided to gain knowledge through experience, mm-hmm. through embodied practices, and also leaning into certain subject matter that, you know, really makes a difference for sure. and being able to help people go slow in this space is is incredible because I think for a lot of people, they, they think, oh, well, I just got to dive in. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they maybe overdo it yeah, um, or they try something that if they would have moved a little slower, maybe they would have said, oh, not quite that, but maybe something way less mm-hmm. to get started. And so it's big. And I, and I say it a lot on the show that sexual energy moves fast. Mm-hmm. Things can escalate very quickly. You can go from, I'm totally fine and in pleasure to like outside of body mm-hmm. and oh my gosh. But if you don't know, if you are not, if you don't have the awareness for when, mm-hmm. for when, and I know it almost sounds like this is impossible, but it's not impossible. I have had those meta, meta perspectives where I've gone, oh, I'm dissociating right now. Mm-hmm. I've totally left my body. I am way somewhere else while I am just enduring. Yes. And so teaching people not to, or teaching people awareness. Cause they mm-hmm. will at some point, like depending on what their patterns are, go there regardless, For but sure. it's a matter of like, can they call themselves back, mm-hmm. ask themselves, do they want to keep going mm-hmm. or stop something? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people, you know, they get into a situation where that they consented and then because it just can, you know, because they consent, then at the beginning, they almost feel guilty or bad mm-hmm. if they revoke that consent, yeah. um, in the middle of something. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes when that happens, the end of, um, play happens and those people feel violated or feel like that was a traumatic experience when the person that was delivering Mm -hmm. the experience or to them or with them Mm -hmm. may have had no idea. And so I think in ways we're educating those people as well Mm -hmm. to pay attention to each other. Definitely. So it's big, it's a big convo. So yeah, yeah, I appreciate the, of course, you know, I'm super in support and I've known (laughs) that you were going to go down this path probably (laughs) since the moment I met you. Is it the red hair? Hi. I don't know if I'd say it's the red hair. I have other friends that are redheads it's too. I imagine they're, they're, yeah, all the redheads I do know are kinky little shit. So, um, you know, but not all of them are going to, you know, go, hey, let me help others in mm-hmm. this space. So, yeah. all right. Well, I would love to hear, you know, this process happened and unfolded mm-hmm. for you. Your journey continued to unfold. And then I think what it sounds like is you started giving yourself permission to play in fantasy land. Mm -hmm. So what, what are some fantasies that you, let's say you have outside of the main one that we're going to get dig into. Mm -hmm. What are some fantasies that came up that you encouraged Mm -hmm. or that you explored? And maybe towards the end of the show, I'll ask you about a fantasy you have that you have not uh, explored. I got, I got a good one that (laughs) I want to tell you. Save that one. (laughs) 
maybe one or two that you Mm -hmm. imagined on this journey and on this path um, that you actually did explore? Yeah. One was definitely having people watch me and one of my partners. So being in a situation at a party where we would get to, like other people would get to see someone else make me come or me make someone else come. Like that, I, that arousal from being watched was something that I wanted for a really long time that I was really excited to have. Um, other fantasies, being blindfolded um, in front of a group of people. So I got to do a scene with my, one of my lovers where um, he like, blindfolded me and set up all of this BDSM equipment. And then he, and he asked me if he could do this. He invited like four or five people from the house to just sit on the couch and watch. So I knew that there were people watching, but I could not see them. And then he was just leading me through this whole experience. So I have a lot of fantasies of being watched and then blindfold and then having full trust and faith in another person, full surrender into that experience where someone else gets to just take control and and be in charge and really trust and love them and let myself experience that. That sounds so hot. Arousal. It sounds so hot. Just in general. Yeah. So hot just to be like on display, Mm -hmm. but really what's the most hot thing in that for me is blindfold. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because for me, sometimes with being seen, it's Mm -hmm. challenging. Like, uh, there's, there's too much to process, yeah. you know, for, for me to do the whole deal mm-hmm. where like I can see and they can see. Yeah. So either <laughs> I'm blindfolded or they're blindfolded. Yeah. For <laughs> sure. I think if they're blindfolded, that could also be kind of fun, mm-hmm. you know, where they can only hear stuff. Yes. But- I'll do one more. Oh, great. Okay. Uh, I also have had like glory hole fantasies and at Hacienda House, <laughs> they have this phone booth that has mirrors on the inside. So you can only see yourself when you're in it. And there's like little like slits on the side where people can put hands and body parts through and they can see you from the outside, but you can't (laughs) see them. And I got to like be inside of that and watch people like put their hands in and touch me. And I got to like suck dicks from the inside and it was like <laughs> oh that was like so crazy because I'm like who is this I don't know if, I don't even know did you know on. after did you like talk about it yeah. with the person where you're like who's whose dicks got the freckle on the side <laughs> I was like how what, what was that like for you yeah uh, so good okay mm. so how about the fantasy of having multiple people mm-hmm. have sex with you mm-hmm. In the form of a gangbang. Uh-huh. How did that fantasy come to be? Well, it started with porn. I started watching porn when I was 13 or so. And I remember I would like have it on my phone and I would like go in the bathroom and like watch it on my phone. And um, one specific fantasy that always really attracted me and aroused me was gangbang and seeing all of these men just like so aroused and enamored by this one woman in the middle. And I never, when I was watching it, I never really identified with her. Like I was very aroused by the scene, but I could never really picture myself being in the middle. And it wasn't until I had my first male, female, male threesome where I was like, oh, I could be her. Like I could have that and that would be okay. 
And I was talking to one of my lovers and he is someone who loves fulfilling fantasies for other people. And he was like, okay, I want to do something really special for you. What is it that you want? Tell me your juiciest fantasy. What is it that you won't tell people that you really want to have, but you don't think you can? And right away I was like, I want to experience a gangbang. And he was like, well, lucky for you, my nickname is the gangbang coordinator. And I was like, what? Are you kidding me? Who has a nickname? The gangbang coordinator. <laughs> a person that I found and like a person that you, attra- <laughs> that you attracted yeah. into your life. Like, yeah. oh, manifestation oh, at its yeah. finest. <laughs> Full on. And my palms are sweaty now. That's so fun. <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, he just asked me. Um, what, what is it that you want to, would want to have? And I shared a full description of my fantasy with him. And he was like, all right, I'm going to make it happen. And we'll do this in a few months from now. And that was when I was in New York. And so I planned back a trip back to New York to specifically fulfill this fantasy. So wild. I remember when you were just starting to talk about it. I think we had, we were working out one morning and you were like, by the way, I'm working on a gangbang. And I was like, the what? <laughs> All right. Look at you go. So uh, I want to ask you something about the the porn mm-hmm. being young. I'm curious, did you ever watch it? And maybe not even just when you were younger, maybe even as you got older, was there some part of the degradation? Was there ever porn that you watched where it wasn't like she was glorified, so to speak, or maybe she was objectified Mm -hmm. or maybe she was degraded. Like Mm -hmm. you, Oh, like the men are going to just take you. Yes. So was there something about, you know, cause I, there's so many different things that are shown in porn. Mm -hmm. And so I imagine more often than not, it's made to look like she's objectified and being degraded. And so even just saying those things, I don't want those things now. Mm-hmm. But like even just saying and considering in my mind what those scenes look like, mm-hmm. I feel my vagina's heartbeat. Yes. I'm like, it's so weird that yeah. these things that I, you know, but of course, and you think like, oh, if that's what gangbang is, then I think about fulfilling a fantasy where it's all consensual. Like it's, it kind of breaks my brain a little bit. I mm-hmm. imagine that some people who are listening is just like, how does this, how do you yeah. rectify that? How do you create a consensual um, environment where you're getting maybe degraded or you're getting maybe objectified. However, everyone is like, you know, as soon as the scene or the roles or whatever is like shifted or something happens or like there's a pause or like a potty break or whatever, it's like, everybody's like this kind, beautiful, mm-hmm. creative, I love you kind of human. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. wild. So did you ever like get turned on by that? Yeah. I think there was, there was two things that were arousing to me that I wanted to have in my gangbang, I was aroused by the objectification. Like there's something in me that this animal part of me, that's like, I want a person to desire me so much that they literally cannot help themselves. Like there's some like CNC stuff in there too, Mm -hmm. where, um, it's just like, for those that don't know what CNC is, it is consensual non-consent. Um, so rape fantasies, right? Well, it, where, where it, it appears mm-hmm. that people are not consenting, but there's an overarching is again, this is like high level takes, mm-hmm. takes quite a bit of presence, mm-hmm. um, intentionality yeah. and really understanding your boundaries on mm-hmm. a super high level in order mm-hmm. to, I think, play in that space in it. So I think some people play in that space and it's probably not great for them. Yeah. And 
some people play in that space and it's really hot and awesome because they're very in touch. Yeah. It's very healing. Yeah. 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 Because I am someone who's been a survivor of sexual abuse and non-consensual sexual experiences. And so it took me a long time to feel like that was something that I even wanted or would be okay with. And a lot of safety created with partners to start to experience that in a safe way. So I definitely do not uh, encourage that as your first role play situation. Oh yeah, no. At all. Please don't do that. Um, (laughs) But if you are in a space where that is something that you feel as a desire, take time to build a lot of trust with your partner before you start to enter that space, figure out what your safe words are really. Or find a partner who, uh, find a a partner who can possibly deliver it. Maybe it's not your romantic partner. Maybe you're not partnered, but you want to find someone who can deliver it, meaning that they have a super high knowledge and level and can kind of guide you. Mm-hmm. I'm encouraging that more and more is like find someone that you can really truly trust, but do your due diligence that can mm-hmm. possibly guide you versus having multiple people who are new at it. I mean, new, you just got to move. And mm-hmm. from where I stand, it's, it's, you just move slow. Yeah. So, and I encourage people to move slow regardless mm-hmm. so. or just jump in face first, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Whatever, you know, whatever really works. It'll be great for you no matter what. <laughs> so anyway, so when I was thinking about um, like what aroused me about a gangbang, it was it was both. It was like this um, animalistic. We're just going to take her. We are all these men. We're on it. We're going to do like pillage this woman um, and <laughs> pillage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fantasy novels. I like that word. Right. Um, Pirate. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Parlay. <laughs> <laughs> or, um, and then also had this fantasy of like, I'm this goddess that has fallen from the sky into the sea of men. And they're like, never seen a woman before. Oh my God. What is this creature? I just am worshiping this feminine form, this female expression of life. Both of those things were things that I wanted in my gangbang. A huge part of my life with Jordan is our dogs. Some of y'all may know we have a blue nose pit bull named Biggie James Smalls and a French bulldog named Little. They are quite the duo. Biggie, as Jordan likes to say, is his firstborn baby boy. And a couple of years ago, out of nowhere, I just had to have a pup of my own. The stars aligned and my baby girl little was brought into my world. And for the record, we did not name them Big and Little on purpose. Biggie is 11 and Jordan is a huge Big Papa fan. Little is two and I tried to name her many other things, but little she liked and little she listened to, so little she became. They are the source of so much joy for us. We connect with each other by taking walks around our neighborhood with the dogs. They are our favorite snuggle bugs when we are curled up on the couch with a movie. We love visiting Zilker Park in the heart of Austin and letting them run around with all the other dogs. Little often joins me in my office while I'm on calls. I often refer to her as the Sex and Love Co. mascot, unofficial mascot. And Jordan loves taking Biggie to swim a few times per week. We are absolutely convinced that he was a sea mammal in a past life. (laughs) As Biggie has gotten older, we've noticed that after big trips to the park or long swim sessions, he's a bit slower to move around later that day and the next day. His joints get a little stiff and sometimes are even painful. Our vet recommended we try adding pup-friendly CBD oil into his diet. I had no idea that dogs have an endocannabinoid system just like humans do. So we've recently upgraded the treat jar over here to the 
CBD dog treats from Cured Nutrition. We also started adding a few drops of Cured Nutrition CBD oil to Big's food every so often to help with the discomfort in his hips and his shoulder joints due to arthritis. Uh, little isn't left out of this either, though. She's a small dog with anxious tendencies, uh, kind of like mother, like daughter here. So she gets a few drops when I know we'll be traveling or having an event at our house. Both of them get a little CBD when the holidays are upon us and fireworks might be going off around our neighborhood or when the weather says a thunderstorm is coming. So it's, it's really quite sad to see big saunter around the house. He's this big jacked pit bull, but his tail goes right between his legs and he can't get close enough to Jordan or I. We treat our pups like our children. We love them dearly. And it's important to us to make sure that they have a great quality of life. To give Cured Nutrition a try, whether it's their pet products or their human ones, head to the link in my show notes. Not all CBD is made equal, y'all, and Cured Nutrition is literally as good as it gets when it comes to ingredients and, of course, high-quality, full, and broad-spectrum CBD. We are incredibly considerate when it comes to choosing what goes in our bodies as well as our pups. It's our plan for every member of our family to live a long healthy, happy, and pleasurable life. Check the show notes for more info and make sure to use the code that sex chick, all one word for 10% off your order of items, not already a part of discounted bundles. I'm pretty sure you've described it to me where it started as the latter and then turned into the former, mm-hmm. right? Of yeah. what you described more so or less. It started with goddess. Yes. Ended with whore. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Isn't isn't that something? Yeah. Right there. <laughs> so I would love to hear how you went about the process. How long mm-hmm. did it take to actually getting this? Because it's a lot to organize. Yeah. Multiple people consenting mm-hmm. at a certain level to be mm-hmm. able to participate. And like it's a lot. Yeah. Um, so how long did it take from sharing of the fantasy to actually having it happen? Mm-hmm. And then what did the steps look like? So I shared about the fantasy in June of last year, and it was not fulfilled until September. So it took June, July, August, September, like four months for enough organization to happen to have the experience that I wanted to have. And what the process looked like was my partner was asking me so many specific details about who I wanted, what their energy was like who they were in the world. And I was very, very intentional as well about the type of person that I wanted to have. I wanted someone who was a good communicator, conscious, experienced, probably has done this before or has done group play before. People that were mostly knew each other from the scene and had some type of collaboration or brotherhood with each other. So they would feel connected to each other and the energy would be very friendly with all the men. And they, he've totally fulfilled on that. And that took a long time. So the process of getting eight men who fit this description of conscious, kind communicators wanted to fill on a fantasy for me, not just to go there and get off. Like he knew many people that fit that, but it took time to really filter through who was going to be down for the experience in the way that I wanted to have it. And he made spreadsheets of people. So he had this like list of like 20 people. Is this in Google? It was in Google Sheets. I just, part of me wanted to be like, take that Google. Like you don't even know what we're doing in your spreadsheets. 
<laughs> he had like a Google spreadsheet of all these men. He had me write an invitation to my gangbang. And I have that written down. And he sent that out in an email with some photos of me to these men. And then he hid a secret word inside the email that if they read the whole thing, they would reply with that word. And then he did calls with every person that replied. So he was not only screening people through an email, he then had calls with everyone that was going to be involved to make sure that they really understood what I wanted and were there to fulfill on that. And then there was schedule coordination of figuring out what time is going to work for everyone. What day do I want to do it? If I'm flying into New York on a Sunday, I probably don't want to do it on Sunday. I want to do it either the next day or a couple of days after I've gotten acclimated to the space. And, and then there was like me figuring out what do I want to wear? How do I want to make it my entrance? And all the, like so many fun other little logistical details too. I love it. And then, mm. I, I mean, and a part of that too, you want to make sure that you're, you're staying in that certain location to receive proper aftercare, which we'll get into mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So it wouldn't be like you have your experience and you have a 7.30 a.m. flight the next morning. Exactly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. So a lot went into planning. A lot. A lot went into planning. I think my partner and I had maybe four hours of phone calls just like really clarifying details, him asking all these questions of me, like, um, okay, how exactly how many people do you want there? Do you want a woman to be there too? Because um, in most situations like that, you like to have another person there, another woman, and they refer to her as a fluffer who can keep dicks hard, who can keep men aroused so that the person being served can have like a continuous positive experience. A fluffer. A fluffer. So I got a fluffer. <laughs> we got a fluffer. So you had a fluffer. So, and, mm-hmm. and I imagine knowing that there is another woman present mm-hmm. too. Um, I mean, I, I feel like that would probably be somewhat soothing. So much. And I'm also aroused by women. Yeah. I'm bisexual. So she was also serving me too. So that was great as well. (laughs) There you have it. Okay. So before we get into actual delivery, Mm -hmm. that was from June until September Mm -hmm. foreplay. Yes. You know, so, so much anticipation, so much anticipation, so much build. And I think for a lot of fantasies being fulfilled, you know, some people describe it as like, it was better, it was better as the fantasy, Mm -hmm. you know, than in an an actuality. Mm -hmm. Like I remember fantasizing about threesomes and then having it threesome being like, I never want to fucking do that again. Mm -hmm. And then going, oh, it was because I didn't have any intentionality around that. That was, it was sloppy. It wasn't on purpose, Mm -hmm. any of that. And so consciously choosing, I'm going to do this again with people that I'm really into, that are really into me. Mm -hmm. And, and it was a totally different experience, reclamation Mm -hmm. experience. So, um, yeah, just knowing that you had this thing to look forward to Mm -hmm. at some point uh, soon. Yeah. I bet was like all the feels and the feelings of aliveness. Cause mm-hmm. I imagine right. Adrenaline and like excitement. Oh, yeah. And so like the heart was beating and then of course turn on. Mm-hmm. All right. So yeah. you land in New York. So I arrive in New York on Sunday, the gang bangs on Monday. <laughs> uh, on invitations Sunday. have been Invitations made. have been sent. Yeah. Everyone's RSVP'd and they're planning to come literally. And, uh, so I spent Sunday with my partner, just acclimating back into the space with him, reconnecting with him, just talking with him about my, any fears or concerns I had about the situation. And also I can share with that. I think it's important to mention that like, I wasn't just like, 
yeah, let's do this. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be perfect. Everything's going to be amazing. I had fear that, okay, what if I get overwhelmed? What if I get halfway through and decide I don't want to do it anymore? What if everyone that shows up is not attractive and I'm not into anyone and I just want to call it off right then? What if I panic and want to leave at the like very big before it even starts? And because I, you know, I didn't know how I had to go. What if I fart and I'm mortified? (laughs) (laughs) What if I fart and I'm mortified and I, can I have to leave? Uh, (laughs) You know, what what if I, what if I can't stay in my body? Yeah. What if I dissociate? Like, what if I am not feeling pleasure? Yeah. Yeah. What if I can't come? Oh yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, I just sharing with him all my fears and like getting an opportunity to just alleviate those with him and just have them be seen was really, really helpful. And then the day of, I went shopping for new lingerie, picked out a really sexy black lacy outfit and a robe, and then went over to the place where we were going to have it and um, just got, again, like acclimated to the space, um, got the space set up. I helped him set it up. So I was able to see, you know, what the space would be like, what the environment would be like, and feel really comfortable being in the space. And then we went upstairs and I started to get ready and um, we were just getting ready and talking. And then the doorbell rang and he's like, okay, guests are arriving. And do you want to come down right now or do you want to wait? And I'm like, I'm just going to meditate here for like 30 minutes and then I will come down (laughs) because I was like, my heart was just like pounding. I was like, I don't know what these people look like. I don't know what their energy is going to be like. There's just like all of the nervousness and excitement was so present in my body that I'm like, I just need to breathe and be in my body for a little while. And then I can come into the experience. Uh, And I, I think some people who maybe don't necessarily have this as a fantasy or haven't maybe even given themselves permission to have the permission to have this as a fantasy. They might think someone who says yes to a gangbang is just like right and raring. You know what I mean? Like they're just, (laughs) I don't even know the last time I used that phrase, but they're just ready to go. They're like, Mm -hmm. yeah, give me all of it Mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to strip naked. I'm on my knees, strangers from the street, bring them in. Like, Mm -hmm. it's almost like there's this assumption that if you're interested in this kind of activity, then you must just be totally like, Mm -hmm. uh, like out of your mind in some ways. Definitely. So to hear that people are doing this Mm -hmm. probably way more Mm -hmm. than what I just described, probably way more than what I just described. They're doing it the way that you've just described. Yeah. You know, consensually with with a lot of attention or intention. Mm Mm-hmm. The intentionality is there mm-hmm. and strong mm-hmm. and you are working through your feels mm-hmm. and the big sensations moving through your body mm-hmm. and your heart beating mm-hmm. and meditating. And then eventually you make your way down. Yeah. Right? So my lover came back up. He came into the room. He's like, okay, five of the nine people are here. Do you want to come down and meet them now? Or do you want to wait for everyone to arrive? And I was like, I would like to just go and meet half of these people at first because I'm kind of introverted. And so I was like, if I go into a space with nine people, I just won't be able to focus on everyone or feel like I can connect with everyone right away. And so let's just let's let's go do it. And so he walks me down the stairs and they're all he walks me down the back stairs. So they were all like looking the other way and we walk in and he was like, okay, she's here. And all of the, I just watched all of their heads like whip around on a swivel 
And they all looked at me and they're, they were like in awe. They were like, wow, she's so beautiful. And they were just like saying that to me. They were like, oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. You're so sexy. Oh, welcome. We're so excited. I sat down with them and we talked for a while. We talked for like 30 minutes and I just got to know them. And And you didn't talk about anything inherently sexual. No, we're just like talking about life, talking about, you know, what they did that day, what they do for work. And it was just like, like a conversation you would have in a bar or at a regular party with a bunch of random people. Where you're like, oh my God, I had the jackpot with your partner putting this all together as these people were speaking. Where you like, he did so well. Every single person that was there when I shared with them that my intention for this was a reclamation of my power, my ability to say what I wanted and have that. And I really wanted the experience to be one that was so loving and conscious and kind and show people that you can have these fantasies fulfilled in a way that's how you want like I think a common misconception about gangbangs are is like what you see in porn where it's just this very potentially violent, like aggressive, aggressive, demeaning yeah, experience. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be that way. And when I shared that with them, they were all like, you're amazing. We are here for this. We're here for you. And they were all such wonderful people and all super hot too, which was <laughs> huge bonus, <laughs> huge bonus. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. So then when did it progress? Did the other four arrive? The other four arrived. Nine people. Nine people. Nine people. Nine people. <laughs> One of them was a woman, the fluffer. She came okay. in in this trench coat and knee-high boots. And I was like, who are you? You are amazing. And then she was like so sweet and just like so loving and amazing. So everyone arrived and then we were talking for a little bit longer. And then my lover was like, okay, I think we're ready to get started. And everyone, you could just feel the energy in the room just get like, like everyone was like, we're doing this. Showtime. It's showtime. And then he asked me, he's like, do you want to start a face down on the spanking bench with everyone massaging you and touching you and fulfilling that like fallen goddess part of your fantasy? Or do you want to start laying up on the circle bed on the floor and like same thing, people just start touching and massaging. And I was like, okay, I want to start face down so that I can just kind of be in my own world, not have as much visual stimulation and just acclimate to feeling people touch me and massage me and give me affirmation and praise while I'm like still have like not a lot of view or just my eyes closed. So that's how we started. I told him that's what I wanted. And so I went and like laid face down on the spanking bench. And then I started to feel hands all over me. Like Because each one of the nine have two there hands. There were 18 hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just, and they were just saying like, you have such a beautiful body. Oh, you look so strong. Your skin is so nice. Um, just your hair is so beautiful. You're so sweet. You have such beautiful energy. Just really just giving so much loving praise. Oh my like gosh, while they're... I wish people in general, but I'm going to just say women everywhere could have some kind of experience like that. Yeah. Like for, I mean, you're redhead, mm-hmm. right? You've had comments on your hair probably your whole life, mm-hmm. but for me, I'm, I am as fair and as freckled as a redhead, but without <laughs> the cool you know, red <laughs> hair without the addition of the red part for me. If, and, and that's been, 
something that I've struggled with my whole life is I'm so fair. Mm. And so to hear you getting that affirmation, I imagine myself in that situation by people saying your skin is so beautiful. I would just be in tears. I'd be, it would just be so overwhelming. Like Mm -hmm. this thing that I have been challenged by, or I've thought wasn't good or that people didn't like about me to just have that much affirmation. And then also Mm -hmm. I know a bit of your history, which I think you touched on, on the first uh, episode that we did Mm -hmm. with body challenges. And so to have that many people, Mm -hmm. and when I say body challenges, if you want to touch on that, because it wasn't just like, I struggle with my body. It was like legit. No, I I had an eating disorder where I was almost hospitalized. I was in a place where I was extremely depressed, isolated and eating like less than 500 calories a day and running eight miles a day. Like it was an obsession. Yeah. And how old were you? I was 20. 20. Yeah. And so for you to then come through that Mm -hmm. and then have the body that you have now that Mm -hmm. you put so much intention into Mm -hmm. and you've made strong uh, to then be reflected in this Mm -hmm. very vulnerable position. Butt ass naked. Butt ass naked. I didn't know that part. So they <laughs> so you're already naked. Yeah. But then to to have that being said to you mm-hmm. and to feel it yeah. and to know that what good would it do for them to lie to you? None. You know what I mean? Like they were they were chosen so intentionally mm-hmm. because of the attraction and because mm-hmm. of uh it's it yeah. sounds so beautiful. It was so healing. It was so loving and so nurturing. It really just felt, I could feel just my heart relax. Like it was pounding so hard before. And the minute that they started speaking to me and praising me and touching me, I could feel their energy. Their energy was not grabby or takey or like needy at all. It was like, so like, we're here to nurture you. We're here to give to you. Like, this is whatever you want it to be. You deserve it. Like them and saying that out loud, like, we're here for you. You deserve this. This is exactly what you wanted. We're here to do anything that you need. We're here to take care of you. You're supported. You're loved. And then and on top of all of the other, like very, a little bit more superficial affirmation was just like heart just melted. It felt so safe and so good to be in that space. And then they turned you over. Oh, no, 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 no. no. I was, <laughs> I was uh, still face down. <laughs> And dick started coming in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> not coming, but just no, like, no, no, arri- no, no. like showing up to your Dicks mouth. started arriving in my mouth. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. And so what yeah. was that transition like where it started to turn a little bit more sexual? Well, they started to, I could feel like their hands at first and then they started to like rub their dicks on me. So I could feel an uh, like skin touching me that was hard and was not a hand. And I could, so I started to like get aroused in that way. And then I started reaching my hands out and they were like putting their dicks in my hands. And so I started just like touching dicks and then like, I was like directing it towards my mouth too. So I like had them like come around and, um, they were like taking turns basically like circling around me, putting their dicks in my mouth. It was really funny. Mm, so, <laughs> so I didn't ask this question. Mm-hmm. How about uh, STI testing. What yes. was, what was say, like I use air quotes, safe mm-hmm. sex, because sex, especially in this mm-hmm. kind of context, sex is risky, yeah. just generally speaking. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what were some of those precautions? So this was also at a time where New York was very locked down because of COVID too. So there was both STI and COVID precautions taken beforehand. So everyone took an STI test before they arrived, showed their results to my lover and either had a COVID test or were vaccinated beforehand. 
Um, and then it was up to them because everyone was clean. Um, it was up to them. Well, because everyone tested negative. Everyone tested negative. Yes. Actually, that's a great distinction because people with STIs are not dirty. Yep. FYI. (laughs) (laughs) Just going to put that out. Yeah. Everyone's tests came back negative. Yes. Or things that were transmittable in that space. Yeah. Um, and then it was up to them what level of protection they wanted to use. Mm -hmm. So there was one person there that was very, very health conscious and concerned about himself. So he used condoms, even including like covering his hands when he was, and like using gloves and, um, protecting all of his toys. And so there's very, there was varying levels of comfort with using condoms or not in the space. Yeah. Yeah. Great. And I I figured with that much intentionality, there was also that level of awareness Mm -hmm. uh, put on to making sure everyone was comfortable and their bodies were protected and safe and all that, or that they were just generally consenting Mm -hmm. um, to what was about to happen. Yeah. Right. And I mean, this is not a, this is not an episode that's necessarily about STIs or anything. (laughs) Um, And I mean, it comes with sex, especially sex with I don't want to say necessarily strangers, just sex in general, you know, people pass things around. Mm-hmm. And so we talk about COVID the way we talk about COVID or a cold or the flu or, mm-hmm. you know, you got a tickle in your throat or mm-hmm. whatever. It's, yeah. it's the same, you know, gonorrhea, mm-hmm. chlamydia. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are the ones that are typically going to be passed around at things yeah. like this. And, uh, they are relatively easy to clear. Yeah. So those are the most common, the easiest ones, but they, they also live in the throat. Mm-hmm. So you wanting, wanting to get tested and then of course, take those precautions as well. So mm-hmm. just throwing that out there. Yep. Yep. Good conversation to have. <laughs> I love that conversation. Oh yeah, for sure. Important. So, uh, cocks started coming. <laughs> Back to the arousal part. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was happening for a little while. And then, um, I asked if we could move over to the bed And I also at that point, um, this was really funny before that happened. Um, one of the men started massaging my pussy and fingering me. And, um, I was like, had a mouth like full of dick and I like, (laughs) like pulled my head back and I go, and I like turned my head and I'm like, whoever's doing that to my pussy, you're doing such a good job right now. And every single person just like cracked up and they're like laughing. There was just so much camaraderie and like positive energy in this space. Like I want to also like, it was super hot and also so playful. Like all of the energy was very loving, positive, playful, like joyful. Like it was this like celebrate, it felt very celebratory and that was, that was fun. So I don't know if you have a comment about that, but okay. So we moved to the bed And my lover told me, he's like, you're not allowed to come until every single person has had their dick sucked by you. And up to that point, there were like two guys who hadn't. And um, one of them was shy. So he was like a little nervous. He was like having a hard time being hard. And so all the guys were like hyping him up and they were like, you can do it. Go get it, bro. She's amazing. She can deep throat it. You got it. And like, it was so, it was just so sweet. And, um, and yeah, I was holding, uh, one of the magic wands on my clit and feeling like this is, I need to like, I'm about to come like 
please come over here and put your dick in my mouth so I can do it. And um, finally he did. And then I got to come and like everybody like clapped. (laughs) And they were just like, so it was just so supportive and so like enjoyable and loving. And after that, we took our first break. Mm. (laughs) What did, so everybody clapped and then a break was this your lover that said, okay, I think this is a great opportunity to mm-hmm. take a break, resource yourself, that kind of thing. Is that mm-hmm. how that, that looks? Yeah. Because how long did you anticipate this event to go for? A few hours. A few hours. <laughs> I'm exhausted just thinking about it and also turned on. Like that's just a long time to be the center of attention, mm-hmm. a long time to have like the focus be in on you. And then also just like in that space and in that, yeah. that energy of arousal. Mm-hmm. So what did that look like to take a break and then to come back? What I want to also, because you brought that up of like, it feels like a long time to be in that space. It also felt um, like I wasn't necessarily the center of attention the whole time because there were so many men, like, I, like I only have so many hands and holes. So like not all of them dick in each nostril, exactly. dick in each ear, right? Like that, <laughs> that's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> Please <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I mean, whatever. whatever try, try, try whatever you want. The uh, girl who's telling us about her lived gangbang fantasy says, don't put the dick in your nose. <laughs> <laughs> I just like won't fit. That's really the I, only, you know, <laughs> whatever who knows? floats your who boat, knows? you know? Um, but there was like plenty of opportunity for the people that weren't being, um, engaged in sexual activity to talk to each other or to just watch or to like hang out with one another or interact with the fluffer. Um, and then also a lot of breaks. So when the breaks would happen, I'd be talking to a couple of them and they would be talking to each other. And it wasn't like everyone was just staring at me, waiting for me to make conversation the whole time. So the breaks were super relaxed and we were just making out, kissing, being, I was being held or like, just talk to like a casual conversation a lot of it was casual conversation with the goddess who fell from the heavens (laughs) yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so the the main break because you know before we hit record we had a separate conversation about some of the elements that were a part of your experience Mm -hmm. and there was a conversation about you know this episode and this the topic is already so taboo do we want to address a couple of things that did happen mm-hmm. during this experience. Do we want to go there? Do we want to talk about those things? And I said, yes, I think with the proper context mm-hmm. and, oh, and if you heard that, that's little. Sneezing. My dog sneezing. She's laying on the floor here in the office with Hannah and I as we record. <laughs> uh, and so I, I said, yes, with proper many sneezes (laughs) it's puppy sneezes um so with proper context laid i'm totally open and happy to go places that maybe we haven't gone yet on the show and yeah and i and i think that i think that the majority of people who do listen to the show can feel that whether it's myself or or you as my guest like we're real people. Mm-hmm. We're super grounded. You could yeah. meet us and I got my shit together. Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's questionable at best for me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, we, we are, we are people who work and operate in this space and in personal development and sexual development. We have our shit together and mm-hmm. it's not like meeting someone and you're like, Oh, their sexual energy is leaking all mm-hmm. over the place. Or it's not like you meet one of us and we don't feel 
not accessible. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if I, if I met any of the listeners or anybody in our community, I, I feel like I would, I would feel like a brother or a sister. I mm-hmm. would feel like a family member. I would yeah. feel like a really good friend that's normal and grounded. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, you know, you're meeting, I want to say like the most famous porn star that just like <laughs> yeah. has all these crazy experiences under their belt, that kind of yeah. thing. And also um, what I'm, what we're getting to is we're going to talk about substances in a mm-hmm. little bit. And uh, I think that there's a lot of, and that's another taboo subject, which mm-hmm. I've had a show that came out that was sex and psychedelics. And the topic of conversation wasn't sex while on psychedelics. It mm-hmm. was how psychedelics can help with opening up to sexual experiences or how mm-hmm. you can leverage psychedelics to get closer with your partner and to mm-hmm. your partner to heal. And then that translates into sexual experiences. So, you know, and then I had people that were like, how dare you say mm-hmm. and encourage this when this is illegal? you know? And I'm like, oh, well, let's talk about the opioid crisis for it. Just kidding. Let's not talk about that. And the fact that there's so much air quotes, legal stuff that's killing people that Mm -hmm. is not bringing them closer to themselves, closer to who they are, you know, and that kind of thing. And so I just, it's a subject. I have feels on it. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk a little bit about substances and it's not with an under, it's not hear this next piece as we're retelling a story or Hannah's telling a story and not necessarily mm-hmm. encouraging you or telling you to do something yeah. that, you know, we're not writing scripts here. We're For not sure. telling people to try anything that they're not comfortable <laughs> with or to touch things, whether mm-hmm. it's sex or substances that they are not ready to explore. Yeah. So this is not a step-by-step how-to. If anything, what I'm about to share is don't do this. <laughs> yeah. Great. So, yeah. So take it, take it away. Um. So up to that point, so we took our first break, had some more experiences where I was able to come more. I was penetrated. I was like holding dicks while having dicks in me. And it's like airtight is what they call it. Like that was awesome. And about halfway through or like maybe an hour, half, two hours in, we took a break. And up to that point, everything had been 100% sober, which is what I wanted. I like, I like to have these kinds of experiences completely sober. So I get to really feel my body and I get to be present in the experience without any, anything interfering with my ability to say yes or no. Right. And Um, the other people too. And the other people too. So everyone there was sober. And at the two hour mark, um, we took another break and my partner was like, okay, so at this point, if anyone wants to have some alcohol or marijuana or um, any other substances in small, moderate amounts, you're welcome to do that if it will enhance your experience. Cause we'd been going for a while. So it was like, we were, were feeling close, comfortable and confident too. comfortable. Everyone was safe with each other. We we're like, okay, we trust each other and we can have a little bit of, uh, an enhancement to whatever experience we want to have. And so I chose to take what's called G and as an alternative to having a glass of wine or a couple drinks. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is explain. Well, GHB. Mm -hmm. And so some people will hear that and go, Oh my gosh, isn't that the date rape drug? Mm -hmm. And so you can't mix it with alcohol. It'll cause you to pass out. Yep. And so if you take it by itself, it has very mild, small amounts have very mild to moderate uh, alcohol ish effects Mm -hmm. where you take a small amount and you feel kind of like a body high or like body Mm -hmm. sensation. Um, and it's as if you've gotten a buzz Mm -hmm. if you drink and it's a liquid. So if you drink, um, a lot of it, 
you'll pass out. Mm-hmm. If you drink a middle amount, you'll be very smushy. Yes. Very, uh, f- like your body's kind of like jello, it's mm-hmm. fluid. And so there's definitely, it's very, very dose dependent. Yep. And I'm not an expert in it. I just sure. know that especially in certain communities and subsets of sexuality and, and, and the scene Mm -hmm. G is used by certain groups of people in the scene, certain Mm -hmm. subsections of the, of the scene. When I say scene, I'm talking about BDSM kink community Mm -hmm. at large. Um, so some communities will use it a little bit more than maybe others and are Mm -hmm. kind of known for it in a, in a sense. And so as I've grown in my awareness for substances there have been times where I have opted to uh, have a little bit of G as well mm-hmm. instead of alcohol because I don't like the effects of alcohol in my mm-hmm. system. I don't like the uh, I don't like feeling out of like so out of control. And alcohol mm-hmm. kind of upsets my stomach, which mm-hmm. I know G for some people can upset their stomach too, depending. Um, and so it's really, really, really dose dependent. And before Jordan and I did it together for the first time before we did, we did research or we, Mm -hmm. we actually had it given to us by someone who was very knowledgeable about it. And almost every substance I go to take for the first time, I am so nervous. Mm -hmm. I'm like, please don't lose your shit, you know? (laughs) Um, and so, yeah. And so just sharing that, that Mm -hmm. if that's something that you do wind up getting curious about, Tastes terrible. Oh, it's really Disgusting. horrible. Like yeah. most substances. So don't taste good. Yeah. They yeah. All are bad. Yeah. Mostly. And sa- weirdly, <laughs> I kind of like it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Makes me feel, I'm taking medicine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there are times when I've described on the show where I've said, you know, Jordan and I have had an experience, whether it be like at a hotel or we did a date night or whatever. And, and I'll say, and then we had a little bit of a substance and mm-hmm. I'll just like a little bit of a substance. And I sometimes have said, I'll leave it to the listener to insert like what they think it was, mm-hmm. but G is on that list. Yeah. And of course it's always done very much in moderation. Yeah. It's titrated and, um, never done with alcohol. Correct. It's, it, you know, possibly there's alcohol, but maybe one drink and it was hours and hours and hours before it has been fully um, release from a system, the liver's not processing it anymore, that kind of thing. So you just have to be very careful with that. For sure. Cool. So also, so my personal context for that substance in particular as well is I've taken it in situations that are non-sexual and had a very small amounts and learned what my appropriate dosage is in non-sexual situations and then introduced it into some really safe sexual situations and learned what my dosage was there, which is less than when I'm in a non-sexual situation because the stimulation, like Lex mentioned, like there is like a lot of body sensation that comes with using G. And so I know that when I'm in a aroused state or receiving a lot of physical attention, the, the way that I feel G is heightened. So I need even less of it to have any type of altered state. So in this particular situation, it was available and I was like, okay, this is my dosage. I only want that amount. And I watched it be measured. I took it for myself. Um, I came from a trusted source and I was like, okay, great. This is going to be super fun. I now get to experience this in an altered state and see what that's like. So we resume play. It was, we were having a great time making out. And then there, the guys were running a train on me. What, what is it? What is it what, <laughs> running a train. Okay. So these just, are the fun gangbang running a train. Uh, those are t- <laughs> phrases I feel like I remember from high school that I never thought 
in, in the future as an adult, I'd be using regularly. Yep. <laughs> Very interesting. Same. Yeah. So running a train is like someone is having uh, penetrative sex and then they just move out of the way and the next person and Correct. the next person and the next person. Correct. So yeah. I was like bent over, ass in the air. One guy would have sex with me and then pull out and then the next person would go and then they would pull out and then the next person would go. And it was amazing. Like I was loving it. It was something that I asked for. And as it was continuing on, um, I started to just feel a lot of sensation, like the motion of it and the um, heightened arousal that I was experiencing and all of the sensation. And I think maybe the like the just the continuity of it, like mm -hmm. a lot of people in a row and a lot of energy, um, I started to feel overwhelmed and a little bit nauseous. So as soon as I started feeling that, I was like, okay, can we stop for a second? I just need to pause. So everyone was like, oh yeah, okay. And they were all like taking care of me and like around me. And I just kept feeling more and more and more nauseous. I was like, oh no, like the G is like doing something weird to me right now. This doesn't feel good. It was like just too much sensation, too much overwhelm. And so I was like, you say overwhelm, just like in your nervous system, like in my nervous too system. much for your nervous system to process. Yes. Yeah. So like I have a lot of personal self-regulation tools. So I was like deep breathing and like, like grounding myself and looking around and letting my, trying to let my body relax. And the G was continuing to elevate my sensations and the nausea and, um, none of my tools were working. So I was like, I just need to go to the bathroom and reduce all of this visual stimulation and be by myself. And the second that I got into the bathroom, I started throwing up everywhere. <laughs> I had diarrhea oh and I was just in the bathroom, like so ashamed. I was like crying. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, I let everybody down. Like I am the star of this show and the star is like losing it. And I'm someone who also like, I have a lot of experience in a positive way with substances, very controlled. I'm like someone who never loses my shit. I don't get out of control and to feel like I totally messed up. I was like, maybe I don't know my body feeling all of the shame and crying. And finally, um, still throwing up and finally, and I was like, okay, if I just like stay in here for like 20 minutes, it'll go away. It'll get better. Cause it's pretty quick to pass most of the time. And it just wasn't. And after like 20 minutes, Renee came and knocked on the door and he was like, are you okay? Like, what are you feeling? What's going on? And I was like, I don't think I can go back out there. I don't think that I'm going to be able to go more. Like, could I'm not getting better. Like, could you ask everyone to leave? And again, even that request, I felt so much sadness and shame. And like, I was letting people down. So I like closed the bathroom door. Like you didn't get to tell them goodbye. And I didn't get to say goodbye or thank you. Even yeah. though I was saying thank you quite a lot. There was actually like one moment in the middle where I almost cried looking around at everyone, thanking them all for being there and like feeling what it took for them to say yes to this and be there and was just like so overwhelmed with gratitude. And I like really wanted to like complete the experience and I wanted everybody to come on me and like <laughs> that didn't get to happen. And, and so I was just like, Oh my God, I ruined it. And I was like listening through the bathroom door and all of them were so nice. They were like, Oh, I hope she's okay. Like let her know we had an amazing time. Like none of us are feel any type of way about it. We all feel really good. Like 
they were like laughing and like just giving each I could hear them like smacking each other on the back and like just being like, just make sure she knows like we care about her. We want to check in on her like that. She's okay. And um, finally, everybody left and it was really sweet. Like my partner and I just ended up going. He took me upstairs and showered me and bathed me. And I was just like working this process of um, is it okay to have these two things live in this experience? This like amazing high of like, wow, this is like the best thing ever. This fantasy is like so perfect and so fulfilled. And then also this emotion of like, wow, this is completely ruined, like side by side. Mm. And then be just know that that was like such a full experience. Like I'm actually now looking back on it. So grateful that I got to have the end be that way because it feels more real. Like it feels more like I'm a human being and it's not ever going to be perfect. And to have it go that way where I got to confront, actually, it's I'm still good and worthy and lovable and perfect, even though this happened, no one is disappointed in me and no one's let down by me being a human being and having this experience was so, so good for me, so nourishing. And then my partner took care of me. We ate ice cream and watched cartoons and went Aww. to bed together. It was really sweet. Oh, yeah. That's real. Mm-hmm. It's really real. Yeah. I mean, fuck, I think back on some of the experiences that I ha- I've had before, before really stepping into, you know, well, let, let's just say previous Alexa, college senior. Sometimes, sometime during my time on ships where I would drink past the point of like really coherence. And there were a handful of times where I woke up in the bed with somebody and I was hungover for multiple days and I didn't have any recollection of really what happened, but I know that I couldn't be upset. Could I be upset when I got myself to that point where I put myself in that situation? And also I probably encouraged it and was into it. I just don't remember it. And it, um, yeah. And I, and I look back on those times and I have to, I check in with myself and I go, you were doing the best that you could. And mm-hmm. that's how you were coping. And, mm-hmm. and I love you. And, and I think on, I just think on the substances and the, 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 the way that I chose to interact with myself with altered states, substances in general, I say substances, I'm talking about broad I'm I'm including all the legal and the illegal and everything. Um, that's out there. And so, and, and thinking about sex and it's been so healing for me personally. And it sounds like for you too, to have, you know, for Jordan and I, we both something that we're really clear and on the same page about is our relationship to substances and our relationship to each other and our relationship, you know, and, and as sex and how the way that we've chosen to navigate it and bring it into our lives is all has been so healing mm-hmm. Like, like you were saying, can I, can I even trust myself and all of that? And yeah, there were times when I look back, I'm like, oh, you, you weren't trusting anything, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and I look at myself now and I, I have so much confidence Mm -hmm. around. So it's like, I have so much confidence in sexual space. Um, mostly (laughs) of course, having Jordan as my husband now Mm -hmm. and our relationship being the way that it is, I do find new levels that are, that are challenging as Mm -hmm. I continue and as I progress. 
and I'm down for the challenge. I'm always mm-hmm. down for the challenge. And then of course, in bringing the substances too, I'm like, I, I fucking trust myself. I've mm-hmm. explored a lot. And at the end of my life, I know that the vast, the, the, so, the broad experiences that I have allowed that I've accepted, because it, it's almost like they don't come one without the other, the yeah. shitty, bad stuff I've got to heal from. And then the stuff where I'm like, holy shit, that is beyond what I could have ever imagined. It's almost like they don't come one or the other, Definitely. you know? And so when I know, I know towards the end of my life, and I'm sure you too, you're going to look back and be like, fuck yeah, mm-hmm. Hannah. Yeah. Fuck yeah, Lex. We did it. We fucking did it. Yeah. <laughs> we did yeah. the damn thing. And you know, I re- I realized this as I, as I, you know, 33, but as I continue to get older and I have friends now that when I share, and I'm sure this will happen for you at some point too, that when they hear my stories, they'll think back. Like I have one in particular that comes to mind that, and I'm going to use air quotes again, saved herself in some way. Like she, she thought that if I, I can't get past one hand of sexual partners, and if I get past one hand of sexual partners, then that makes me not worthy of a good partner in the future. Mm. And so like, prevented herself from acting on sexual desires until winding up married mm-hmm. and then like being married, then it's, Oh, this is the only person that I'm going to possibly have an intimate or sexual experience with for the rest of my life. And, mm-hmm. and as this friend of mine is getting a little bit older, I've had her reflect back to me that when I share some of my experiences, she feels longing. Mm-hmm. She feels longing of, I wish I would have given myself permission to just fuck around Mm -hmm. and just try things on. And instead of being so rigid, instead of being so, I can't do that. I can't do that. What will people think of me? And what will that mean? And all of that. Mm -hmm. And so of course me as a friend is like, you're just, you're just getting started. (laughs) Yeah. You know, there's so much available still with, with her, her partner. Mm -hmm. And I love that I get to be involved in, in Mm -hmm. having that unfold in a way that maybe it wouldn't have if I wouldn't have ex- exposed her to so many things, but I love exposing but, people. <laughs> so, do, which is why I think both of us are great at what we do. Yeah. You know, if I may brag on the, on the both of us. Thank you. And so I think for the both of us, we, we bring to this subject matter realness. Mm-hmm. I don't know a person who has a, has a lot of experiences in this way. Mm-hmm. I haven't met, I haven't met them where they don't have extreme highs. And of course those really super low lows. And sometimes like you were talking about both of them in the same three hour experience. And so I'm, I'm just super grateful that, that you are even willing to share the aspects, Mm -hmm. you know, cause I'm pretty sure that this is the first time you're sharing this publicly. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, (laughs) and, um, and maybe this part of the story, maybe you've referenced some pieces of it, but this story in full Mm -hmm. and especially the, the, you being okay with sharing where it didn't go so great. Yeah. That is really, in my eyes, really respectful and respectable mm-hmm. yeah. um, or res- sorry, responsible of you mm-hmm. and I and respectable from my side mm-hmm. and admirable from my side, because yeah. it would be easy for you to omit that part. For sure. Right. I mean, I think it's a, res- it's my responsibility as someone who works in this space to, I take this on as my responsibility to let people know that real life is messy and awkward and uncomfortable and it doesn't always go the way that you want. And you may have an idea in your head of how things are going to go and it's never going to go that way in the good and the bad. And it's going to be better than you think. And it's going to be worse than you think. And at the end of the day, that's what makes it so exciting and fulfilling is because we're human. And that human factor, that unpredictability is what adds so much to 
fulfilling sexual experiences is like, I don't know how this is going to be, but we're going to just go and find out. And that what's on the other side of that discovery is always more knowledge about yourself. Mm. So good. So I know we're coming up to the end of our time together and I have two more. Hopefully there'll be quick questions if you're down. Okay. I'm down. This is the the last two. I'm curious, what is it like to share the fact that you have done these things, specifically this fantasy? What's it like to share this with partners now as you navigate dating? It's great. Honestly, it's uh, honestly, it is a little bit of a weeding out process. It's like, I like to share this part of my life as soon as possible, because if someone is not down to love all the parts of me, which includes this freaky, kinky, explorative, curious, expansive, growth-minded person, if they can't accept the fact that I have had a gangbang, they are definitely not a person that I want to be with. Snaps. (laughs) That's exactly it. Yeah. That's exactly there. There's something for everybody in that message, mm-hmm. right? If you can scare them, they're not your person. Definitely. Yeah. And right. then last piece is tips that you would have for people who listen to this and are curious about it. Mm-hmm. Tips for people who are at the beginning of even entertaining the fantasy. Mm. I would not start with nine people. <laughs> Or involve G. <laughs> or involve <laughs> substances. If you are partnered, I would just start having conversations about it with your partner and open up the fantasy realm. So have sex talking about what that would be like. Like put a blindfold on and then play pretend that he's multiple people or she's multiple people touching you or talk that through just in an experience with someone that you really trust without introducing other people. Um, and then start with one extra person. If you want to start to open that door and see what one person feels like, and maybe then two people or go to a play party or explore in ways where you can start to titrate little bits and pieces of the fantasy, um, and feel out before you get there. What parts of this do I like? What parts do I not like? How do I want to feel? What things do I want to hear? What phrases turn me on? What phrases turn me off? What scents or sights do I want to smell or see and not see? And really, like, there's so much to explore in the detail of the fantasy before you get to the fantasy so that you can actually have exactly what you want be fulfilled when you get to that point. I love that. And a quick word of encouragement for them. If I can do it, you can do it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if this if kinky little, little raccoon can do it, you can do it. One more thing. Okay. I re- wanted to share my fantasy that I haven't had fulfilled. Oh, yes. Okay, we there you go. There you go. I know. I I, well, because it was just so, it was a I lot, know. you know? I know. I can't do open <laughs> loops. My brain is like, we must close this loop because. Um, Great. So I have a fantasy that. I am wearing a strap on and I like this already. Oh yeah. And my partner is fucking me while I fuck someone else, specifically a girl. And my other arrangement of that is I'm pegging my partner while he fucks a girl. That's like a lot of synchronization. Yes. In movement. (laughs) I love it. It kind of reminds me of like luge. Is it called luge? Row, row, like thrust, thrust. Yeah, there's going to have to be some 
rhythm in the background to so good. sing to. Um, I think the Picasso uh, <laughs> quote is, if you can imagine it, it is real. Or is that it? Mm-hmm. You can, everything you imagine is real. Yes. Meaning you can imagine mm-hmm. it and then create it. Mm-hmm. I've already got people signed up, so it's it's coming soon. Great. <laughs> Hannah, thank you so much for sharing so openly, so vulnerably. That was a roller coaster. And I said, I don't know about a roller coaster because it didn't feel like we were thrown upside down or anything like that. <laughs> it wasn't like so aggressive. It was beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. It's for such a taboo topic for us to be able to speak about it mm-hmm. in such a grounded, uh, a grounded authentic place. Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciate you for coming back onto the show and having this combo with me for all of our people. And so I hope it inspires the listeners mm-hmm. and if they want to follow your journey mm-hmm. and learn more from you or about you, they can find you where? Instagram is where I hang out most of the time. It's at Hannah Deindorfer. And if you find my Instagram, you'll probably end up on my free Friday call that I do every week. We talk about sex, love relationships on those calls and get on my email list because I send way more kinky shit to my email list than what I put on the internet. We do too. <laughs> the social media gods don't particularly like our content. Mm-hmm. However, uh, we find ways to be creative mm-hmm. and you find ways to be creative too. Yeah. So, all right. Thank you again for being on the show. Loves, I hope y'all enjoyed this episode of That Sex Chick. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.